0: Welcome to the Middle Church Podcast, a multicultural, multi-ethnic, intergenerational movement of spirit and justice, powered by revolutionary love, with room for everyone. No matter where you are, how you look, or who you love, we pray this podcast will help you on your journey. Here's this week's worship celebration.
1: Good morning. Good morning. There are lots of children in the balcony. Hi, y'all. Hi. Some of them look really scary, and some of them do not. Anyway. Welcome to Middle Church. Welcome to this time of worship and gathering. I'm glad you're here. Uh, my name is Jackie Lewis. If you're here for the very first time, give me a little wave. Yay. We're glad you're here. Um, We want to make sure that you feel welcome to come again. Somebody somewhere has card to give you to put in your hand. Raise it one more time. I'm here for the first time hands, so we can give you propaganda. I mean, so we can invite you to come back. (laughs) And if you're online for the first time, hello. We're so glad you're here that you found your way to this space. This is the day. God has made for us to rejoice and be glad in. Um, I'm Jackie. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And let me tell you a couple of things that are coming up in the life of our congregation. First of all, um, on November fourth, there is a queer variety show at the LGBTQ Center. It is being organized with the amazing and gifted Elise. Where else can you get your drag performances and your poetry and a political resource fair? Only through Middle Church. So if you have questions about it, it's online. But also, Elise is here and can tell you more. On November 19th, we have our Children's Multicultural Book Fair right here. Authors like Jamia Wilson and Jay Hume will be here reading their books. We'll have puppets and raffles and books. Oh, my. Pupples and raffles, book, oh Oh my. my. Puppets and raffles and books, oh my. Okay. Thank you for playing with me. Uh, This year, half of our titles will be banned books as we fight to unban the banned books. So thank you for organizing that as well. Um, One of these nights, and someone's going to tell me what it is, because they're in the room maybe, Nick, I'm having conversations called Peace Talks. Let me just put it that way. Uh, Peace Talks are a, a kind of impromptu, let's say, pop-up conversations that we're having with leaders who are thinking about impacted by the Israel, um, Hamas, Gaza Strip, West Bank world of horrible violence and just inviting people to come. And I'm holding space so that you can hear from people who are impacted about what's happening. So my next conversation is with a wonderful leader who is with Jay this group of Jews who are thinking about economic justice. If you just go to middlechurch.org, on the front page, Peace Talks, see, register, come. Come listen, come learn, come lean into peace. We've got an amazing worship celebration organized for you today. My musicians are off the chain today as always. So if you'll take a deep breath with me and let us continue to worship God with our opening hymn. Thanks for coming.
2: time for the message for all ages so I want to invite my young and my young at heart to sit on the blankets and friends at home scoot a little closer to the screen we got a lot of kiddos and you know what else you were all hopped up on sugar so I want you to bring the energy okay (sighs) can I tell you something really cool today is national Cat Day. I know. I know. And did you know, and if you don't, you will soon, that cats are really good at showing us and communicating to us how they are feeling. So when cats are happy, what do they do? Does anyone know?
1: Um, they um, lick you.
2: They might lick you.
1: They purr. They
2: purr. They go on your lap. They go on your lap. Maybe they show you their belly to rub it. Now, when they're angry, what might they do? They will, they will, um, they will hiss at you like... <laughs> they might hiss at you
3: they like, Pffs.
2: they might scratch you. Okay, and someone knew. No? Bite. They might bite you, that's right. I love all these answers, though. They, they also might scratch your furniture. That is very true. Anyone who has a cat, you know. You know. Well, friends, but you know something. They're actually not very good at showing us when they're in pain or when they're hurting. In fact, they actively try to hide it. And this is evolution, right? This is them not wanting predators to maybe attack them. But you know something, humans and cats are really similar in that way. Have any of you, either physically or emotionally, felt like it was hard to say when you were hurting or in pain? Growing up, what about you in the audience? Yeah, almost all of us, right? It's really hard to tell people when we're in pain and hurting and friends online, I saw you raise your hands too. Maybe because we're like cats, we're afraid someone might use it against us. Maybe we feel like we have to be brave all the time. Maybe we see everyone else stressed out around us and we're afraid that by asking for help, we're adding to that stress. And so what we might do, instead of asking for help, we might pretend to be happy. We might smile, we might dance, we might sing, when actually we're really sad inside, right? Or instead, we'll get really angry. Maybe we'll yell. Maybe we'll pick fights. Maybe we'll, I don't know, start wars. any kind of war, you can use your imagination. But friends, I want this to be a safe place where we can unlearn the things that we're seeing. I want us to practice asking for help. So I wonder if you can tell me what are some ways, what are some things we can say to ask for help? Um, We can ask a trusted adult or friend. You can ask a trusted adult or friend. You can say, I'm in pain. You can just say, I'm in pain, I'm hurting. You could like write a letter or a note to somebody that you know. You could write a letter or a note. Ow. You could say ow, exactly, one more. You can say, help, I'm in pain. That's right. You can be emotional, you can cry, you can say, I need support, absolutely. Friends, I want you to remember these, okay? I want you to file them away in your toolkit, friends online, grown-ups. let's be honest, we probably need this message more than they do, right? But what is exciting, and I want us to remember, is that cats and humans can learn to communicate differently. Cats can be trained. And we can train ourselves by practicing asking for help when we are feeling alone. Because to be honest, a lot of other people are probably feeling exactly the way that you are, and we are better together, right? Amen. Amen. Let's practice, and let's sing siahama on our way back to our seats.
0: marching Spider-Man and cats and all of us. Middle family, it is time now in our worship celebration where we will pray together. I'm going to ask you if you are able and comfortable to stand today as we pray and find a posture of prayer that's comfortable to you. If you'd like to pray with your eyes open, go ahead. Palms up, go ahead. Eyes closed, whatever feels good for you. And let's pray together now. Holy and loving God, if we are honest, many of us have doubted your presence over the last several weeks. How? 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 Endless terrifying violence compounded by endless terrifying violence. In the Middle East, yes, and in Lewiston, Maine. In Gaza, and in the Democratic Republic of Congo. In Israel, and at the Roosevelt Hotel here in New York City. Sounds of wailing children. Fires raging, bombs exploding. The word that a loved one has been captured. We've been canceled by friends because we've said the wrong thing or not said anything at all. We've sat with the truth of how this country is complicit with war and militarism. We are saturated with anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. With our own grief, financial and job stress, loved ones dying too soon. Are you there, God? It's all of us. If there is a God, what are you doing? What is a god to a mother laying over a dead toddler, a father getting word that his son has died, a Palestinian sitting in utter darkness, food and water shut off? Sometimes our prayers are our questions. Sometimes our prayers are our heartbreak. Sometimes our prayers are our very disbelief, our outrage. This is our prayer, the prayers of the people. May our questions, our heartbreak, our grief, our disbelief, our outrage be portals, portals of change and hope and love and justice, portals of reckoning and peace. Because if there is a God, there is also us. May our humanity, our very humanity, get us through. May we get us through. May we never stop feeling. As we continue to pray, we're going to pray together the Lord's Prayer, which is printed in your bulletin. There's an inclusive version here if you would like to use this one. But I hope that you pray in whatever language or format is most comfortable to you. Also, if you would like, during the Lord's Prayer, you may reach out and touch someone if you're both okay with that. Hold a hand. Rest on someone's shoulder. And let's pray together the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Ever-loving and holy God, how will it be your name? Your reign come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the reign, and the power, and the glory forever. We are a world in need of peace. We have that peace inside of us. We will use this time now to pass the peace with one another, touching each other as you are comfortable, saying, may the peace of God be with you and also with you.
4: When the evening shadows and the stars appear, and there's no one there to dry your tears, I could hold you for a
1: Hi, beautiful wow let the church say amen. amen just beautiful thank you hi family I love you, I love, you. <laughs> love you yes that's exactly what I'm talking about right there that's right. Yes, right, girl. Tell us what you're thinking. <laughs> Today's scripture lesson is all about love. Matthew's gospel, um, his version of the greatest commandment, uh, Matthew 22, um, verses 34 to 46. Listen now for a word from God. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, an expert in the law, asked Jesus a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Say a prayer with me, won't you? Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. It's important to hear this text in the context of then and, of course, in the context of now. In the context of then, Yeshua ben Joseph, Jesus, who we call the Christ, is Mary's baby, grown up. Joseph's son at work. He's a handyman, like his dad, but also an itinerant rabbi. He's Jewish. He's not a Christian. He's Jewish. He's not a Christian. (laughs) I say he's Jewish. He's not a Christian. He's born in Bethlehem of Judea, which is now Palestine. He's raised in Nazareth in Galilee, which is Palestine. He's a Palestinian Jew, descendant of David. He is an Afro-Semitic human being. A particular body in a particular flesh. Read the genealogies and find the Africans in it. He is a Palestinian Jew who is African-Semitic then. He's not having an argument with Christians about what it means to be faithful. He's having an interreligious conversation with his people about what it means to be faithful. The Pharisees and the Sadducees are not his enemies by nature. The scribes are not his enemies by nature. He's having conversations with his disciples who don't get it. He's having conversations with the Pharisees who don't get it. The Sadducees who don't get it. He's having conversations with the scribes who don't get it, who don't understand what he's up to. He's not authorized to be up to what he's up to. He's poorer than they are, less learned than they are, got less degrees than they do, and is preaching a radical good news. That's not Christian, but that's radical. He's saying, you've heard it say, but I say. He's saying, love your enemies, Pray for them. He's saying, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. And in this text, where he's been arguing with his disciples and arguing with the Sadducees and arguing with the Pharisees about what it means to be faithful, they think they're going to trap him. They think they're going to catch him in blaspheming because he might not say the right answer. Now, my favorite thing to say about Jesus is that he's a rule breaker, and he is. But Matthew right now is trying to set a stage for not that he's a rule breaker, but that he's exactly right. He's exactly the right Messiah at exactly the right time. Exegete, expositor, preacher, healer, saying all the right stuff. Matthew wants us to observe Jesus having arguments and just coming back with all the right stuff. (laughs) They're trying to trick him. He's like, oh no, this is the right answer. And in this case... Well, teacher, which one of these is the greatest commandment? And Jesus refuses to get boxed in, even as he's absolutely right. Well, that first commandment is love God with your whole heart, your whole soul, and your whole mind. He's quoting Leviticus. That's the first one. And the second one is just like it. You will love your neighbor as yourself. Deuteronomy. Jesus puts the two of them together. You will love God with everything, that's what you're supposed to do, and your loving God with everything has nothing, nothing of merit, if you're not also loving your neighbor as yourself. He puts the two together. He won't be simple, he won't be simplistic. He will not say what they want him to say, love God with everything. He also won't say what he says most, which is love your neighbor as yourself. He puts the two together and says, this is what it means to be faithful. Now, I have been digging around in this text these last few weeks, digging around in all the words of Jesus about love because there's not enough love happening right now. But the, 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 the Tanakh, the Tanakh, the Bible, the Jewish Bible that has the first rabbi said this, and then the rabbis in the second century said that, and then the rabbis in the Reformation said this. That big Tanakh has great arguments about this text. Where they're not Pharisees and Sadducees anymore, but they're also wrestling with like, what did he really mean? Did he really mean love your neighbor? Which neighbor? Who's your neighbor? When Jesus is asked who is his neighbor, Luke tells us the story about the Good Samaritan. That's Luke's gospel. Here's what neighbor love looks like. This guy, the Samaritan, who the Jews don't really like, he like takes care of the dude on the road and that's love of neighbor. Outsider, showing you what it means to be inside love, right? In Matthew's gospel, Jesus is, this is what it looks like to love neighbor, happens in like chapter 25. Did you see them hungry? Did you see them naked? Did you see them in prison? Did you see them sick? Did you visit them? Did you feed them? Did you clothe them? God, Jesus, when did we see you that way? Oh, whenever you saw the least of these, my brothers and sisters that way, and you did it unto them, you did it unto me. Real practical stuff from Jesus about neighbor love. The rabbis arguing about this neighbor love thing went all the way from he only meant our people, only the Israelites, that's what he meant, to, of course, he meant everybody, because God loves everybody, and that's the ultimate place that the Jewish folks end up. This call to love neighbor is a call to love everybody. Why, they say? Because a few verses later, Jesus says, you, or excuse me, the Bible says, you shall love the stranger because you were once strangers in a strange land. You shall love the stranger, because you were once strangers in a strange land. That happens 57 times in the Old Testament. "Love your neighbor happens once. The rabbis say clearly, Jesus meant, "Love all the people, including the stranger, including the strangest one. Love them, all the strangers. Love all the strangers then and now. Love your enemy, then and now. Love the one with whom you have the most enmity, then and now. Love the stranger, because you were once strangers in a strange land. Jesus is an outsider preaching love everybody. Those people today who are At war with each other are all Jesus' people. They are Palestinian like Jesus. They are Jewish like Jesus. They are Middle Eastern like Jesus. They are outsiders like Jesus. They are his people. The first thing I wanna make sure we understand today is if we're gonna follow the the pobrecito, if we're gonna follow the outside, marginalized, Jewish-Palestinian, at once homeless, at once refugee, handyman rabbi, if we're going to follow Jesus, we're following a Palestinian Jew and those people are his people, which makes them ours. Those people are his people, which makes them ours. They are our neighbors. Those Jewish people whose families were ravaged on October 7th, they're our neighbors. The ones whose families are kidnapped and still in captivity, they're our neighbors. The ones who are in Gaza with no electricity and no water and no light and no safety systems, they're our neighbors. Hamas is our neighbor. Netanyahu is our neighbor. Biden is our neighbor. (laughs) Lord have mercy on the neighborhood. (laughs) What do we do? when our neighbors are in trouble. We can't be quiet. Those are our neighbors, number one. And number two, we don't get to be quiet because the violence is over there and not right here. And we don't get to be quiet because we know if we speak, somebody's gonna hate it, and they are gonna hate it. They don't want us to speak The thing I think we should be speaking, which is that they are our neighbors and they all deserve love and a homeland and peace. So we think the way to avoid the conflict, the tension, is to just say nothing because we don't get canceled, lose our likes, have our sisters and brothers call us, have some evangelical Christians tell us, but Israel... But Israel, the Bible says Israel needs a homeland. The Bible says everybody needs a homeland. You can find anything you want in the Bible. You can find in the Bible how to hate women, how to hate queers, how to hate black people. You can find in the Bible how to hate all the people that you don't like in the name of God. And the Bible will tell you how to chop them up, kill them, bomb them. You can find it there. That doesn't mean it's right. No, I don't think everything in the Bible is right. One, they're all our people. Two, they're all God's people. Which means three, they deserve peace and justice and a homeland and safety. And we don't get to be quiet about that. Well, we do. But your pastor's not quiet about it. So you might get canceled by accident. (laughs) We're not going there anymore. Love calls us into spaces to speak truth, to speak truth to power, to speak powerful truths even when they're unpopular. I'm still on two. are you with me? Love calls us into places to speak the truth, even when it's uncomfortable, even when it's objected to, even when it causes conflict, maybe especially when it causes conflict, because conflict changes things. People don't like when I say that, but it does. Let me say a story I told in the first sermon in a different place. Here, here's the way love can be hard to digest but cause us into difficult places. One of my dear friends has an adult child who's an addict and also is bipolar. And the child, the the, the person is wonderful and beautiful and everything, but not functioning well. And so I, who care about my friend and care about their adult child, called and like, what are we gonna do, what are we gonna do, what are we gonna do? And my basic Jackie Lewis question was, are we gonna send said child some money? And the mother, who is my friend, said, no, that's not how I'm going to love right now. When my child is ready to go into recovery, when my child gets into a program, I will mortgage my house for my child. I will walk miles for my child. Love that, that is required of us now has to have some boundaries and some limitations and some intentions as well. Are you with me? They're all our people because they're Jesus' people and we're Jesus' people. They're in trouble. We don't get to watch and be silent. Three, everything doesn't go. Hello, President Biden. You could love all the people but not being so particularly strong about where you stand on one side and not standing for everybody. We could also, because we love hard, make hard requests. Like we can demand a ceasefire. We can demand a ceasefire. We can demand a ceasefire. We don't have to keep voting for people who believe violence is an answer to all the questions. Because we don't believe violence is an answer to all the questions. And we've got the power. Call your electeds. Write a letter. Share the notes that you see. Do not think being Christian is sitting by watching the world go to hell. Because, in fact, Jesus was not that kind of wimpy dude. He entered into the tough places, he argued with the authorities, he made his points, he spoke his truth, and he had a temple tantrum when he did not feel he was being hurt. Undo, 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 nice, blonde guy. Get with the radical, truth-telling guy. And let's follow him into ministry. Three. We get to liberate God from the box we've put him in. Because that one in the box is a he. And we get to liberate God into a still speaking partner in healing the world. We can liberate God from our bad theology is what I'm trying to say. We get to say to ourselves, our children, in our communities, God is still speaking, what is God saying right now? What is God saying right now? God is saying, love all the people. An old word with a new twist. (laughs) Love all the people. And what is love? Love is not a resignation of power. I'm quoting King. Love is not a giving up of power and a wringing of hands. Dr. King says love is identified as a resignation of power and power with a denial of love. Do you see? Resignation of power and power denies love. What is needed is a realization that power without love is reckless. Power without love is reckless and abusive and that love without power is sentimental and anemic. We need both power and love. We need both fierce and tender. We need both truth and truth. Ha ha. We need truth and truth. The truth will set us free. The truth will give us love that leads to peace. And peace is not merely the absence of tension, but it is the presence of justice. Justice. I call this sermon today No Justice, No Peace. Thinking about the young people in the streets, no justice, no peace, no justice, no peace. No, K-N-O-W, justice, is how we know peace. We cannot expect peace in the midst of oppression. We cannot expect peace when people don't have food on the table. We cannot expect peace when people can't survive. We cannot expect peace when people have barbed wire through their lawns, protecting institutions and imperial powers. I am pro all the people. I am pro Palestinian liberation. And I am pro Israel having a homeland. And I don't know why we can't do both. I am pro-freedom, I am pro-justice, I am pro-love. We are pro-love and we cannot let institutions and systems fake us into believing that we can't have it all. Yeah. Everybody can have a land and everybody can have a home space and everybody can live lives of nonviolence. Every child should be able to live and survive. I'm on, I'm on, that, I'm on that side. I'm on the side of love. How about you? Middle family, we're going to keep giving you resources. We're going to keep putting um, uh, talks in the world for you to hear different perspectives, news articles, uh, stories that will help increase your imagination about whose people we are and the work that we have to do. We are not going to be quiet, even if we can't get canceled. And we're going to keep calling you into the love movement. Are you coming? Are you coming? Are you coming? Amen.
5: Hello, everyone. My name is Jamie and my pronouns are they, them. I've been a 100% online member of Middle Church for about two years now, and I'm really excited about the new Middle Church app. I know that the God who created life values diversity because there are 30 to 40 named intersex variations. God loves all of the ways in which we are different. And for intersex people, he has blessed our very bodies with those differences. Thursday, October 26th was the 20th annual Intersex Awareness Day, the day that intersex people and those who love us choose to celebrate our existence. It has been a great year for the intersex community. There have been multiple books, multiple movies, uh, multiple favorable government decisions. Uh, We are a fascinating people. If you're not aware, use Google Intersex to find out or you can find the movie Everybody on your favorite streaming platforms. The reason why Middle Church has become so important to me is because its values mirror some of the values of the intersex community. Bodily autonomy, body positivity, and consent. These are values which are important to intersex people as well. Middle Church has taught me how to love myself well in a world that at best pretends that bodies like mine don't even exist. And at worst, well, that's a story for another day when we have more time. In order to live into a space for peoples of all cultures, races, ethnicities, faiths, genders, and sex trait variations in one church, we all need to get involved. We need to know how to share our treasure, our resources, and our time um, and efforts. Uh, To find out how to join the movement, go to middlechurch.org backslash join to become a member and then sign up for a new members class online so that we can get to know you better. You can go to Venmo or middlechurch.org backslash donate to give online. You are beautiful. God loves you. We love you. And we can't wait to get to know you better.
6: The body, will shake me the, wind that shakes the body will not shake me the wind that shakes the body will not shake me the wind that shakes the body will not shake me as my mama told me the sign. know when I see shakes the can
1: these gifts, O oh God, to be used for thy will and purpose and fierce revolutionary love. Amen.
3: Amen.
4: And if you join us in our closing hymn, Total Praise
1: What a beautiful, powerful, beautiful, 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 powerful, beautiful, 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 powerful, beautiful, 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 beautiful powerful.
5: Thank you. Thank you,
1: God. Part of our diversity at middle is our, our charismaticness, and I love that about us. Um, we could get canceled for speaking truth, and here's the truth. The Palestinian Jewish rabbi, Jesus, told us the greatest commandment of all is love. Truth. What does the love look like? Love demands peace. Love demands justice. Love insists on love. Love insists on love. It's loud about love. Love is loud about love. Justice lived out loud is love. So we're going to love out loud. We're going to give you tools and resources so you can feel good inside yourself about the things you want to put in the world. Put love in the world. Put peace in the world. Put justice in the world. Stand on the side of love. Stand on the side of love. And may God bless you and keep you. May God make God's face to shine upon may God lift up their countenance upon you and them and them and all of them and give us peace peace peace.
0: thanks for listening friends to learn more about Middle Church visit middlechurch.org you can help grow this movement of love and justice by rating us on Apple or Spotify and by sharing this episode with a friend or two. Send us an email at info at if you have any questions or comments. We hope you'll come back next week. Bye for now.